0: Roots, the material that I use as a basis for many of the services that I lead, suggests that I play you all a clip from an old BBC TV comedy show, Keeping Up Appearances. In the context of today's reading from John's Gospel, it would have provided a wonderful sermon illustration. If you know the show, you'll know that the main character is a certain hyacinth bouquet, spelt Bucket, played wonderfully by Patricia Routledge. Hyacinth has a problem. She wants to be something that she isn't. She wants to be posh, but the rest of her family certainly aren't. She wants to keep up with the Joneses. She wants people to look up to her, but instead they end up laughing at her because they can see through her act. She keeps on making up stories about her family. She keeps on trying to live a lie. She keeps on putting on a front. The comedy, of course, comes from the chaos that ensues as she tries to live the dream and constantly comes a cropper, usually let down by the rest of her family. It can be very funny, and the older I get, the funnier I find it, but sometimes it gets awfully close to the truth because if the truth be told, I'm sure that we have all at some time or other in our lives put on a front. I know that I have. When we're questioned about ourselves by strangers, there's that temptation to over-egg the pudding just a little bit, to make ourselves a bit more important than we really are, to make our lives seem a little bit more exciting than they are, especially when we compare our lives with other people's. You used to see it a lot on courses, either when we were asked to introduce ourselves or in the bar at the end of the day. And it isn't just a man's thing, and ministers are not immune. Sometimes, though, the hardest place to be ourselves is actually in church. You see, in church, people have certain expectations of how people will be. We're expected to behave in a certain way. And sometimes we're expected to believe in certain things. But just as people outside of the church have a mental image of what a Christian is, or how a Christian behaves, then so do people inside the church. I always said that when I went into full-time ministry, I wanted to get as far away from the place where I grew up and went to church as possible. You see, I knew that like Jesus, I could never be recognized as a minister in the place that I grew up. I was always going to be my father's son, John. In a church community, it can be very hard for people to be open about the real issues in their lives. We meet the same people week in and week out, and it can be very hard to keep things private. And I think that's why people would tell us more about what's in their hearts in the 10-minute encounter with us at the airport than they may in years of pastoral visiting. You see, there we're anonymous, and certainly a passenger is unlikely to ever meet us again. It can be doubly hard for someone if their experience of God's love challenges the preconceived ideas about what it means to be a Christian. It can be hard for people to join a church in the first place because they may feel that they don't fit in, that they aren't good enough. And yet, ironically, the church is the one place that is full of people who know that they aren't good enough, people who have got it wrong, but people who know that they have been forgiven by God and are doing their best to try again. When John was questioned about his identity, he felt no pressure to claim that he was the Messiah or Elijah. He didn't feel that he needed to put on a front, to be something or someone that he wasn't, to meet the expectations of the people who were questioning him. He was happy to admit that he was just an ordinary man, chosen by God to be a messenger, faithfully pointing the way to the one who was to come, Jesus, the Messiah. You see, John, like so many of us, found his identity by following God's call. He discovered that he was to be a light that testified to the light, to Jesus. Put another way, John was a light that shone as best he could, but who only found fulfilment by pointing to the light that was the light of Christ. Now, it's an onerous task to be the only light in a dark world, but if we consider that we are called simply to be a light, one of many lights around the world that testifies to the light, that might seem a bit more achievable. People sometimes say that we need to be Jesus to people. In other words, we need to be loving, caring, compassionate people, walking with others on the journey through life. But it also means that sometimes we must be challenging as well, shining the light into the dark places of people's lives. Today we talk a lot about mission and evangelism, and it's very easy to feel guilty about not reaching out or for not being the stereotypical evangelist. But God made us all unique and called us to be witnesses to the light. And God calls us to have faith and put our trust in God so that we naturally shine as God intended. I can just about read music, but it's hard for me to look at a score and hear the tune in my head. I need to hear it played fully to appreciate it. Francis Young describes the Christian faith as a piece of music that must be performed in order to come to life. And as an orchestra makes sheet music come alive for those who hear it. So the Christian faith is something that draws people to it as it is performed, as it is lived out by those who believe going one step further. People find themselves dancing to the music or humming the tune on the way home from a concert. And if our faith is lived out in a way people can see and hear, then they will, through us, be encouraged to meet the living Christ. Ours is a living faith, growing, changing, open to new possibilities. When Sister Margaret at the airport did her film for the Channel 4 series, Forethought, she used the analogy of the triangle. It may only have one note, one ting to sound, but if it doesn't ting at the right time, then the piece doesn't sound right. We are all tiny tings in God's wonderful composition of life lived to its fullness. For some people, that faith is going to be lived out in a church. For others, it will be lived out as part of a worshipping community. It feels very different indeed. More Zoom than Room. But wherever people find God, it will be as part of a community that lives out its faith with integrity not just for an hour in church on Sunday, but for all the rest of the week as well. It'll be lived out in a community where every worshipper, from the youngest to the oldest, plays the part that God has called and equipped them to play, so that they, we, all shine as lights in the world. John did his part in ushering in the new things that God had in store for his people. The challenge to his people today, the challenge to us, is to play our part in opening the way to the new things God has for us and for the world. And that's a challenge that we ignore at our peril. Amen. Our prayers for the world have a response. I will say we ask this in joy and gratitude. And I invite you to respond by saying in your name we pray. We ask this in joy and gratitude. In your name we pray. So let us pray. Jesus, Son of God and Son of Mary, you came among us baptising with fire and light, calling us to the true vocation of humanity, to reflect the glory of our Creator. We thank you for your work among us, how you gathered, how you spoke, how you ate and drank, how you left us your spirit to lift us up and hold us in the light. We praise you because you came to us and keep coming to us because of your great love. So, in love, we pray today for all who are downtrodden, all who are oppressed, all who know the heavy hand of marginalisation on them. God, we turn to you, remembering the words of Mary, praying that you will lift up the lowly, you will raise the voice of justice, and you will scatter oppression. May all who are oppressed be set free. We ask this in joy and gratitude. In your name we pray. We pray that we might find rhythms of life that sustain us here, rhythms for cultivating and renewing the earth, human community, justice and creativity. We ask this in joy and gratitude. In your name we pray. In the time of silence, we remember before you all those people and places that you have laid on our hearts this day. May they know your spirit's presence with them. We ask this in joy and gratitude. In your name we pray. Amen.